Okay. So I want us to take a picture of us very quickly. Um, let's just go to the next slide. Just take. Louder. <laughs> All right, the next slide. <laughs> okay. Um, our willingness to work with God requires that we see, in other words, we perceive God and life from God's perspective. And the first thing that God does to correct our work with Him is to align our vision. And this is important because um, for many of us, for example myself, I didn't get to know God, know Christ, after I've lived several years of my life. So I have shaped my life from different things that I've seen, had different experiences. So there is a tendency for me to want to continue the same thing I've always been doing, not knowing that I've got a different kind of life. So one of the things that God does when he brings us into a relationship with him is that he aligns our vision. And the purpose of that is such that our thoughts, our words, and our deeds will be in consign with his own perfect will. All right, so let's see the next slide and take some few scriptures. Um, I want us to open our Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 to 13. Jeremiah chapter 1. Verse 11 to 13. We're going to be looking at some few examples from people, some great men that God has used in the past, how that applies to them also. So he said, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Next slide. Next one. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou art well seen, for I will hasten my word perform. 13. And the word of the Lord came to me the second time, saying, What seest thou? And I said, I see a, a certain pot, and the face thereof is towards the north. Praise the Lord. All right, let's take the other scripture, Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 4. Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 4. It says, and the walk, take, take the girdle that thou hast got, which is upon the loins, and arise to Ephraim. Okay, let's, um, Daniel chapter 4, verse 34. Daniel chapter 4, verse 34. I want to be as very, very fast as possible. At, at, and at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes unto heaven, and my understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. I'm sure we know that before this experience, Nebuchadnezzar had violated certain structures and certain you know, fundamental relationships with God. And because of that, God put him on exile. For some few years, he was maybe transformed into an animal or, you know, behaved more like an animal. But then he said, at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes unto heaven. He didn't say, I saw people around me. He said, I lifted up my eyes. So the first thing God did for Nebuchadnezzar was to 
align Nebuchadnezzar's vision to his own perfect will. Yes. Amen. And it was when God aligned the vision of Nebuchadnezzar to himself that the understanding of Nebuchadnezzar returned. Yes. So the first thing that God does for any man who wants to walk with him is to align his vision with the vision of God. You cannot walk with God walking away from God. You cannot walk with God walking apart from God. Okay? So let's see the next scripture of us. Psalm 121 says, Psalm 121, it says, um, it's a song of degree, I, I will lift up my eyes unto the use from whence cometh my help. Even in time of need, even when God needs to help us, he needs us to first see the way he sees. For example, there are people who would say, well, I want God to do this for me. I'm believing God for this in my family, this in my health, this in my lifestyle and all that. But God is not impressed or is not just moved towards doing what we want him to do for us. He wants to ensure that our desires, our thoughts, and our wills will ultimately achieve his plan, yes. his purpose, and his will. Amen. It's not just about him meeting our needs, but our needs also meet his own needs, yes. which is to align us to his plan, his purpose, and his thoughts. Amen. And when that is not possible, sometimes it seems more like a delay. Okay, we're going somewhere. Um, the next scripture of us, Acts chapter 26, verse 13. That was Apostle Paul, his first experience after he had gone wild, he had done too many things. Look at what he said. He said, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining around about me, and then we journeyed with me. That's a very important experience for Paul. That was, that was his first encounter with God. He had to see a light from heaven until our eyes can glimpse into the light from heaven. We may never be able to walk into the plans of God. Okay, now if you look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, Proverbs 29, verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. In other words, some scriptural verses will say where there is no revelation of God, where God is not revealed to men, the Bible says the people perish. In other words, they would be devastated, they would be discouraged, they would be disappointed because there is no primary vision from God. Okay, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3, which is one of the scriptures, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3. It says, but if our gospel be eat, in other words, if it is eaten, it is eat to them that are lost. Verse 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded their, the minds of them which believeth not, lest they see the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So the devil himself knows the power of vision. Yes. He understands that when a man's vision aligns with the visions of God, there is always a transfer of divine flow. There is always a supernatural transfer. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing the devil would do on any matter is to block the minds of men yes. from seeing 
the light of the gospel. And until that light is revealed, men will always wonder and, you know, and perish. So, ne- so now, the, we're going back to the slide. It said, the ability to see correctly requires that we see beyond the natural. The ability to see correctly, to see the plan of God, requires that we see beyond the natural. Requires that we see beyond how we feel. Requires that we see beyond what is around us. So how do we get into this experience of seeing beyond the natural? And that is why our relationship with God is both supernatural and spiritual. And this requires faith for us to see and understand. The Bible says that though we are in this world, we are not of this world. We are sons and daughters of God. And to be honest with you, our relationship with God is not something natural. Yes, we are physically gathered in this place, but beyond our gathering, something supernatural is happening. For example, there is the numerous company of angels in this place. There is the spirit of just men made perfect in this place. There is a witness of God in heaven in this place. So we are not just doing something casual. In fact, one or two people gathered in the presence of God is are more powerful than a 50,000-seater auditorium or stadium field of entertainers or sport fans. Yes. Yes. That's how powerful it is. Because when two or three people gather in the presence of God, their gathering is more powerful, more potent, has a stronger voice than over 100,000 watching back, back um, Arsenal or Chelsea match. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So why should anyone sacrifice such a gathering or relationship for something more inferior? But you know what? It is possible to be distracted by the numbers because one is larger to assume that the fewer one has less power. And that is why to see beyond the natural or to see into the supernatural, you must see beyond the natural. We must see beyond the numbers. We must see beyond the weaknesses. We must see beyond the systems and the operations of life. We must see the way God sees. Praise the Lord. So our relationship with God is based on faith. I want us to open our Bible to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 1 and verse 6. Okay, it says, Hebrews 11, verse 1 and verse 6. He said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So let's just read to verse 6, of things not seen. Let's take from verse 2 to 6. Now for by it the elders obtained a good report. Who are the elders? the, The apostles, the prophets, everyone you have ever read who walked with God, they obtained their testimony with God by faith. Yes. They did not acquire or get to that level by their own human efforts. No, no. The Bible says that they, let's go to back verse 2 again. It said, for by it, that's from verse 1, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. In other words, 
When you get to heaven and God brings out your scoreboard <laughs> and brings out your report sheet, God is only going to mark you positive or good on matters that aligns with his own perfect will. In other words, if whatsoever you have done in this world has no connection with the purpose and plan and will of God, it is regarded as a bad report. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So the only good reports are reports that are based on faith, based on a, a vision that aligns our thoughts, our words, and our deeds with the purpose of God. Amen. Okay? So verse 3, he said, Through faith we understand that the words we are framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen are not made of things we do appear. Verse 4. By faith, Abel obtained, offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead yet speaketh. Verse 4. Verse 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Amen. Verse 6, how do we please God? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Praise the Lord. Okay, so that's how important faith is because faith helps us you know, see beyond the natural. Okay, let's take one more scripture. Second Corinthians 5 verse 7. Second Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, um, For we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, when I started, I said of myself, all through life, before I give my life to Christ, I'd always live based on what I can see, based on how I felt, based on what I thought. But now that we are Christians and children of God, the Bible says that we must walk by faith and not by sight. Okay, the next slide. We're going somewhere. The next slide. Where our perception and the revelation of God is limited, there the power of God cannot freely manifest. In other words, faith is the fabric of our relationship with God. In other words, our relationship with God is not based on what we can see. It's not based on how we feel. Because sometimes we want to, we want to assume that because of what I'm going through, maybe that's the reason that's, that defines my relationship with God. But our present life situations does not define our relationship with God. Mm. Our relationship with God is defined by our revelation of God. Because sometimes what you see of God, what you know of God, may not be consistent with what you are experiencing naturally. Mm -hmm. Apostle Paul said, yet our natural body is dying, but our internal man is getting renewed day by day. Yes. On the natural, you would have looked at him and said he was a frail man, he was a weak man. He could not even, but internally, he said, we are getting renewed day yes. by day. Amen. So, faith 
is the fabric of our relationship with God. You know, I said before, I said that our relationship with God is both supernatural and spiritual, and this requires faith for us to see and understand. So how do we get into this dimension? How do we walk in this regard? Okay, next slide. Faith helps us see beyond the natural and aligns our thoughts, words, and action to the will, purpose, and plan of God. And that would not happen naturally. In other words, whenever you begin, whenever you catch a revelation of God, a vision of God, sometimes the, it, it is always, most of the time, contrary to what you would naturally want to do. But that alignment is what brings a deeper relationship with God. When our own will crosses out for the will of God to manifest, and we are all going to get to that point. In fact, Jesus Christ got to that point. He said, not my will, but your will be done. So when our perception and revelation of God, okay, faith helps us see beyond the natural, aligns our thoughts and words and action to the purpose, will, and plans of God. Okay, where our thoughts, words, and action does not align with the purpose, plan, and will of God, then we are not acting in faith. And in other words, then we cannot please God. So why does God bring us together on a regular basis? He brings us together such that by the entrance of his word, our thoughts will be aligning to his will. It makes no difference having had God's word and not put it to practice. What then aligns our thoughts, our will, and our life to God is practicing and putting to good use what God has said to us, even though it conflicts with what we know naturally. Praise the Lord. Okay, so I'm going to say some few things. I wasn't able to complete that slide. I'll read it out of my notes. Then we are going to know why that is very important. Okay. Where our words, thoughts, and actions align with the will of God, with the purpose of God, and the plans of God, there we would find the presence, the peace, and the power of God in manifestation. I'll say that again. Where our words, thoughts, and actions align with the will, the purpose, and plans of God, there we would find the presence the peace and the power of God in manifestation. Amen. Even though most of the time our natural situation should not afford us that kind of peace. For example, for example, um, you may be going through a very major challenge, a very serious complication, a very difficult experience, but you are not, you know, you are not bothered or you are not under pressure like those who are not of God. Some other people who are in that same situation, who are not children of God, are running everywhere. Yes. Looking for what to do. How do I get this done? But you just realize that there is this peace of mind that comes into you. You're not under any pressure. Though naturally, you should be under pressure. You should be having so much pain and all that. But you just realize that there is a supernatural enablement that helps you see beyond your natural experience. That's an alignment. And as long as you maintain that alignment, it will not be long. So, several manifestations of God will start coming into effect. 
Because when our when that alignment, for example, if you if you're driving a car, you know, and those of us who drive, you realize that when your car is not aligned, your your car your tire wants to go this way, but you want to go this way. So you need to take it for tracking. That car wants it has its own mind. It wants to go this way. You are wanting to turn like this, but the tire is going this way. That's a disalignment. And most of the time. When our will is not aligned to the will of God, it brings a conflict with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit. And that's how God will say that sometimes the Spirit of God would not strive with man forever. There's a point we get to that when we refuse to align ourselves to God, God refuses to, you know, to, 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 to strive with us much longer. Yes. Okay? So, God's system on the earth is governed by spiritual laws. Okay, I'll leave that. And I said, so where our thoughts our words and actions is divergent from the will and purpose of God, the power of God is going to be absent. Okay? The power, the peace, the presence of God does not continue to flow in a direction opposite to the plan, purpose, and will of God. When the children of Israel were going under the cloud of glory, they were not the one leading the cloud. The cloud was leading them. We are not leading the Holy Spirit. We are led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So when the Holy Spirit says, go left, or go left, and your mind says, I'm going to go right, <laughs> the Holy Spirit of God will stop where the last place he gave you the instruction. It's going to stop there. The Holy Spirit of God would not say, because you want to go right, he will follow you there. He would stay where the perfect will of God is. Yes, amen. Are we still together? Yes. This, amen. An, this is an example. You're on a journey and you're going, the Holy Spirit of God was going with you like a cloud. And that cloud was upon you. And the moment he says the cloud goes this way and you go this other way, that cloud is not going to come this way with you. No. That cloud is going to stay where God's perfect will is. Amen. When the, when, the, when the magicians were looking for the star, or the, where the star was going, they were not supposed to, the star was not supposed to go where they were going. They were supposed to follow the star yes. to look for Jesus. Amen. And most of the time, this is what the devil tries to do. It, he knows that as long as our will, our thoughts, our plans aligns with the will of God, we remain under the covering of the Most High. The Bible says, He that dwelleth in the sickly place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He knows that. He knows that there lies our defense, there lies our strength, there lies our joy. Amen. And when I say joy, I'm not saying happiness. Yeah. Happiness is a product of happenings. Yes. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He knows that that is where the joy is. And he knows that with joy in our hearts, there is power in our life. So what the devil tries to do, is to realign us yes. from the purpose of God. Yes. So when God leads you in this direction, the devil will say to you, can't you see the obvious? Can't you see what is practical? Yes. Can't you see what is reasonable? It brings you to a level of reason. Yes. It brings you to a level of practicality, of pressure. And you say, you know what? It won't make any difference even if I make a mistake once. And people then turn away from the glory of God. Mm. At that point, the devil begins to strike. And you know one thing, God would not change his plan because you change your own direction. All that God would do 
is to find a way to bring you back to the strength. Yes, if you look at the book of Revelations, when he was talking to different churches, he said to a particular church, he said, return back to your first love. Yes. Yes. He didn't say, I will come to, he said, return. Go to the place where you first found him. The place where your will, your thoughts, and your words align with God, go back there. If you have once known the power of God, and it seems as if the power of God is not in manifestation anymore, go back to where you once knew him. Where your thoughts were always his thoughts. Where your words were always his words. Where your desires were his desires. Before different distractions came into place. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the devil knows that as long as our heart is in line with God, we will always be on the winning side. And he always tries to distract us from that vision. And he will say to us, church doesn't make any sense. There's no need for church. He will say to you, can you look at your friend who's not going to church? Is she not better than you? Because you are looking from the natural. What is happening to you is, is more than a natural experience. The Bible says, if for this life alone we have hope, we are of all men most miserable. Can you bring that up us? If, for, if in this life alone we have hope, we are of all men most miserable. Okay. Ah, I just hope we can see it. Do you know where it is? Let me quickly check it. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19. 1 Corinthians 15, 19. Huh? <laughs> 1 Corinthians 15, 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. It does not end here. The essence of our relationship with God is not just for, the life, for this life alone. It goes beyond this world. And that is why it does not matter what others have achieved by disaligning themselves with God. It does not matter how far they have gone by going far away from God. The fact is this. What is happening to you is achieving more than what their present life is offering to them. Yes, amen. Praise the Lord. And if in this life only we have hope, if it is because of this life only we come to church, it's not just because of that. We don't just come to church because of this life only. If the only reason why we read the Bible to know the will of God is only for this life, if the only reason why we pray is only for this life, then we are of all men most miserable. We better go and find something better to do. It's not worth it. It's a waste of time. If all we are doing this morning is just for this life, then we better be sleeping on our beds. It's not worth it. But because it is not just for this life alone, it is worth it. Praise the Lord. It's worth it. And that's why we have to keep our faith alive. That's why we have to keep aligning ourselves with God. Because it's not just because of this life alone. Yes, there is a benefit to it in this life. But it's not limited to this life. 
A time will come when our thoughts, our words, and our plans, our desire, aligns so much with Christ that the only place we can live that kind of life is with God. That point is when our life is taken back to the Master. The Bible says, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not. Yes. Enoch walked to a point where his thoughts, his words, and his actions aligned with God. And God said, my boy, um, you are too good for this world. Come home. He said, come home. He said, come home. He said, come home. And so why would God, why would he not take us the day we gave our lives to him? If God had taken us the day we gave our lives to him, then there will be so much limitations to our lives in the life to come. But what he's doing now is that he's aligning us. It's like a preparation ground for what the life eternal will look like. We must start getting used to the Holy Spirit. We must start responding to the Holy Spirit. Because that is the dimension of life that we're going to live after this world. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Okay, so... Um, some few scriptures that I want us to pay attention for. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. He said, examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Check it out. Check out your decisions. Check out your motives. Check out your thoughts, your words. Are they in the faith? Are they in alignment with the words of God? Are they in alignment with the thoughts of God? Would God think the same way you are thinking? Would God say the same things you are saying? Oh, I just have to say because that's where everybody says it. No. What would Jesus do if he was there? Would he have said the same things? He said, examine yourselves. Whether ye be in the faith. Whether ye are still aligned to his will. Whether ye are still aligned to his thoughts. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ in you, except ye be reprobates. So anyone who wants to continually, you know, develop a relationship with God, must continually make adjustments. You must never get to a point and say, "Um, this is my life, that this is what I'm used to. Even when it does not achieve for you the purpose of God. Except ye be reprobates. Okay? Um... 2 Timothy chapter 2, chapter 4, verse 7. 2 Timothy 4, 7. And this is what Apostle Paul said. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. This should be our testimony at the end of it all. That I have fought the fight. I have finished my course. I have kept my faith. It should not be, I have fought the fight. I have finished the course. I have lost the faith. No. And that's the goal of the devil. He wants to continually take us out of faith, out of alignment. Apostle Paul said, I have kept the faith. It doesn't matter how many battles I lost. I have kept the faith. It doesn't matter how many disappointments I had. I have kept the faith. What if you had all you wanted and you lost the faith? 
It is a miserable experience. Yeah, oh yes, I was planning that by this time I should have done this, I should have done that, I should have done that. But I've not done all that, but I've not lost my faith. I am still in line with Christ. I am still aligned to his will. It should not be that while I was trying to get all that I wanted to get, I didn't know how I lost my faith. And I became a part of this world. And I got in, I got so lost that I couldn't control myself. Apostle Paul said, I have fought. There are battles to fight. Sate. It is not, no one is excluded. Even Jesus fought. There are battles to fight. Life is not a bed of roses. Things will not just happen just because you want it to happen. You would go through some challenges. You go through some pressures. It's going to look as if it's a weight upon you. But in all that, never forget that why God is trying to develop your faith in him, the devil is trying to steal your faith in Christ. So in the midst of all that, be conscious, be vigilant. And that's why the Bible says, I hope I can see that scripture. He said, um, okay, let's, let's see James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. James 1, 2 to 4. What did he say? My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith... The devil is going to try your faith. He's going to check you out. He's going to put you in situations where you'll be the only one ordered out. And you just have to say things the way they say it. You just have to think the way they think. You just have to behave the way they behave. But you know what? You just have to be honest, understand that you must ensure that your faith is intact. You may be in the wrong job, but keep your faith alive. You may be in the wrong environment. Everybody is doing it. But keep your faith alive. Because at the end of the day, this would give you the crown. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith work it. While it is looking so bad on the outside, it is working something for you. Work it patience, verse 4. But let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Praise the Lord. Very important. Okay, so what do we do? First Timothy 6, verse 12. First Timothy 6, verse 12. He says, First Timothy 6, verse 12. He said, fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight. The devil, like I said, will try to steal our faith in God, to disalign us it's a fight. The reason why what happened happened is such that you will lose your faith. Yes. You know, I'm just tired of going to church. I'm fed up. I can't have this anymore. But you know, you have to trust in God. No, 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 no. You know, I've been trusting in God for years. Nothing has changed. <laughs> he wants you to get to a point in life. And you know one thing that will happen? When you get to that point, let me be very honest with us. When you get to that point where you lost your faith, and you had your testimony, you're on the wrong ship. Yes, yes. Because it's possible that you say, I can't have it anymore, and the day you say, I will have it my way, you may get the results. <laughs> are we understanding it? Yes, yes, yes. You are working with God, you are fighting and fighting and all that, 
and you know that I have to just remain in the plan of God, I have to align my thoughts with that of God, I have to align my will, and you are, the devil was giving you options and alternatives. But he said, no, I have to keep my faith alive in God. And you get to a point, you say, you know what, I can't have it anymore, I'll lose it. Do you know what, the moment you lose it, what you are looking for for years can happen to you in minutes. Yes. But that does not mean that you have got the testimony of faith. How do I explain it? Look at the life of Abraham. Abraham was walking with God. God gave him a promise of faith that you are going to have fathers, be fathers of nations. He was having sexual intercourse with Sarah almost every day. Nothing happened. But the day he slept with who was that's her name again? Agai. That day, Agai got pregnant. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Why didn't Sarah get pregnant? Why did Hagar get pregnant? It was a test of faith. Yes. The devil always has an alternative, but don't buy it. It will disalign you from the purpose of God. And do you know Ishmael is a product of that experience? Yes. And the Islamic race today came from Ishmael. They are the greatest opposition to the kingdom of God on the earth. What if Abraham had waited? Because what he wanted, he would still have gotten. He only needed to have fought to the end. He would still have gotten it eventually. You know, the devil is so smart. He knows that many times what we are waiting on God for, we can get it apart from God. Don't be deceived. Whatsoever you want from God, the devil can give you. He can. You don't need God to make money. You can make money apart from God. You don't even need God to be successful. You can be successful apart from God. But, it has a but. It does not achieve the purpose of God. Yes, you've had the money. Yes, you've had the breakthrough. But you don't have the faith. But look at what we saw the other time. Faith is working something out. It's beyond what you want to see. It's beyond what is unseen. The Bible says, why we look not at the things that are seen? For the things that are seen are temporal. The things that we cannot see are eternal. The product of faith is eternal. And that is why the seed of, of, of Sarah has an everlasting throne that can never be contended. So, what happens then? When the devil gives you an option and gives you an offer, he always has something that God has in stock. When Moses laid down the rod, the magicians laid their rod, they both became serpents. Yes. So don't think that, don't assume that if you don't do it, that you, if you don't do it God's way, you would not get results. You may get results, but you would have lost the faith. Yes. So we're in a fight. Fight the good fight of faith. That is the purpose. Because it is working in us more than what is we are seeing around us. Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. In conclusion, faith sustains our relationship with God on the earth. And where there is no alignment to the purpose and plan of God, then the visions of God on the earth cannot be actualized. And that is why we must keep our faith alive. How do we do that? By spending time in the Word of God. Many of us read too much newspapers. 
and hardly read the word of life. Hallelujah. Too much news. We even had one yesterday, the Brexit postponement. Yes. So many things you would hear, you would see, that would put a burden on your heart. But this is the only word that brings hope, that brings peace. Spend less time in the word of God and spend more time listening to other things. You gradually get disaligned from the purpose of God. Spend more time in the word of God. Spend more time in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And your life, your spirit, your soul, and your body continually aligns with him. And men will see you and say, no, this is a child of God. Praise the Lord. And that is what God wants us to do. So we must spend time. Faith comes by the word of God. We must look at the word of God. What is God expecting of me? We must pattern our life according to his word. Every of our decisions, our thoughts must be weighed with his word. What does God say about this thing I want to do? And that is what should define what we do part time. Spending time in the world, spending time in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and with the brethren strengthens our faith. Apostle Paul said in his word, he said, it is important to remind you of these things for your own safety. Yes, amen. He said, I'm not saying it because you don't know it. I'm only reminding you for your safety. Yes, amen. So many times when we read God's word, it refreshes us in the presence of God. It renews us internally and aligns us to his will. And that is the only way we can win that fight when we step out of this place. You would not win that fight just because you're a Christian. You win that fight because you participated in the battle. Active participation. Praise the Lord. Let's just bow our heads and appreciate God this day. And say, Lord, I receive from you today fresh alignments. Align me to your will. Align my thoughts. Align my words. Align my, 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 my everything about me to, your, to you. It's so challenging. It's so difficult. But I understand that it is working more than I can imagine. And if for this life only we have hope, we are of all most miserable. But it's not just for this life alone. There is many much more. So much more. And at the end of it all, we will have kept the faith. Father, we give you praise. Jesus, we thank you. Sweet of the Lord, we give you all the glory. Thank you for such a time like this. In Jesus Christ's name, we are prayed.